It's time to reach out, reach out. Time to reach out, reach out. Touch everybody, reach out, reach out. It's time to reach out, reach out. Someone need help. And we're back. Strength Within Podcast. Eric with an A. Today is very special for that. Not only is it episode 10, but I have our first guest with us right here. Matt Franklin, local broadcaster, TV anchor. Most importantly to me, CMU graduate, alumni, fire up chips, right? Fire up chips. Fire, fire up, up chips. chips. Wow. I'm your first guest? You're my first guest, Matt. And I couldn't be more wow. excited. I want to appreciate you for taking this time. <laughs> No, I appreciate you having me. You know, this is weird for me because, you know, I'm usually the one that's asking the questions. I know when you put it like <laughs> I'm the that, one that's you... leading. The, I'm, the, I'm the one that's leading the conversations. Well, now you put the pressure on me. <laughs> so now I got to get very, uh, <clears throat> let me fix my tie real quick while I'm sitting here on the couch. <laughs> sitting here on the couch <laughs> with the fan blowing on me. Oh, uh, no, I'm looking no, forward good. to it. This will be a good conversation. And so we're going to dive right in. That's usually my go-to saying because I don't like to waste any time. This is going to be as organic as possible and just raw and, and we're going to get right after it. And I, I took last week off uh, of podcasting because I felt it was right for the time with the, the murder of Mr. Floyd, right? Black man murdered in the streets right in front of our eyes. And. People use the term like with everything going on, with everything going on. I want to be very sensitive um, um, to, to not say that because this is always going on. Um, but I just felt it was right for me at the moment to just sit back and share something that pertained to this issue, to this racism, to this murder of, of Mr. Floyd. And so I shared uh, Pastor Furtick's talk. So if anybody's listening and wants to go back and check that out, I can also reshare that video. It was really good. Um, that was from Sunday service. But I want to open up by saying that I'm almost kicking myself in the butt because I find that I, I, me personally is like I, I'm waiting for the perfect words. No matter if it's this conversation we're going to have, uh, Matt, or is this uncomfortable conversation I'm going to have with another person about anything. Like I always feel like we're waiting for the perfect words when really more oftentimes than not, we just need to be present. Right. And there are no perfect right. words. There's just a there perfect moment. And that moment is now. Yes. And so I want you to know that I'm present, mm -hmm. right? I don't have anything, you know, written that I'm going to say or necessarily questions to ask which I know you're used to having these questions rapid fire <laughs> ready to go. I am. <laughs> I am. So this no, is new, this I just, is new territory for me. I love it. Let's both get uncomfortable as possible. Yeah. But it's, you know, waiting for the perfect words, but you know, in, in, in actuality, nine times out of 10, we just need to be present as people, as human beings. And I want to let you know that I'm present um, and, and, and I'm here and I want to understand um, where you're coming from. And I want to understand the situations and I, and, that's it, man. And we're going to roll. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I think that's the thing that people are looking for right now, this time that we're in, is people want to know that they are being heard on all sides. And I think by even you just having this conversation and wanting to listen, wanting to learn, and the same for me, you know, it's a two-way street. I want to learn and I want to listen 
to you, your thoughts, your ideas. And, you know, maybe you might think a certain way that I may not have thought of, or maybe you hear something that I might share that you haven't thought of. And I think that by you even having this conversation and also by people out there, even listening to this conversation, wanting to learn, I think that speaks volumes. And that is how we can evoke real change. I think having that conversation, having an uncomfortable conversation and talking about things that might make you squirm a little bit, but it's the only way that we can have a breakthrough. You have to be uncomfortable to get to the breakthrough. I couldn't agree more, you know, and especially I kind of dabble on, you know, with my profession, I try to keep it separate from this podcast, but I mean, I am a personal trainer. I am a fitness trainer. It's easy to say that, you know, you gain strength through resistance, you know, you gain strength out of being uncomfortable and being in pain. But I think that just is, is a metaphor for life. You know, we have to get uncomfortable. We have to go through this pain as people and for all of us to grow. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm on board, you know, I'm on board. There's no other way, you know, when you're in your comfort zone, the same thing is going to continue to happen and happen Absolutely. and happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So once we can get uncomfortable, can mm-hmm. something happen, even if it's minute and small? I mean, that's how big things happen over time is with a lot of little things going on, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, this all, you know, this all started, I guess, it, you know, I guess, well, let me ask you, <laughs> here I am going back into reporter mode. Where do you want to begin? I mean, there's just so much, there's, <clears throat> old, there's so much history. There's so much personal stuff that has happened with me over the past few months, Right. I just, I guess you just want to, where do you want to go? I mean, we can, we can go. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's strip it back. I mean, let's go okay. back. Just tell us, tell the audience and tell everybody, tell me, cause let me back up. You know, I just, Matt and I, our relationship was at the gym, you know, right. Mm-hmm. He, Matt would take my fitness classes and we would chop it up on the, you know, as we seen each other passing through. Um, yep. And I was like, this is a great guy. He's a great human being. And we just always clicked and the conversations yeah. were always great. We shared similar yeah. interest in mindset and reading things. And so mm-hmm. everything that you're about to tell me or that I ask is all brand new to me. Yeah. And I want yeah. people to understand that. <clears throat> and so I mean, yeah. maybe just given me and the people listening, just a background and know where you grew up who you were what happened how you were raised you know obviously i touched on with the central what's your background well i grew up on the east side of detroit um i grew up in a house with both of my parents and um i have two older sisters we're 14 years apart uh and so i grew up with them a little bit but you know they're a little older so they weren't in the house with me very long. Um, they w- eventually went off to college. One went to Northwestern University. The other one went to Valparaiso and grew up, went to private school. Uh, I went to private school my whole life. You know, Central was actually the first time I ever went to public school. And, uh, you know, I knew from the get go when I was nine years old that I wanted to be a journalist, that I wanted to tell stories, that I wanted to be um, in the forefront of getting that information out to people and also wanted to be there as history unfolded before my eyes. And, um, as many people know, I had been here in the, the Flint area through the water crisis, which was, uh, one of the most disastrous environmental disasters, excuse me, in, in history. And now I've also been here, um, during this time in which we are, uh, marching for, um, 
to fight back against racial injustice and also here during COVID. So I got what I wanted when I was nine years old, which is to be at the forefront of history. And, um, you know, this has been an area, actually I came to, to ABC 12 to my station right after college. And so I've been here ever since. And it has been a great area for me. The station has been great. You know, we've gone through some changes. Um, management has been great. And so this has become my home. And so I always say you got to bloom where you're planted. Well, I've been blooming for the last 16 years. Good, man. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're here. <laughs> we're and, here. Right? Uh, we're here. Now let's go present day. You touched on it. Um, from the water crisis to COVID to this racial injustice. Um, so let's, let's start with, let's start with the water crisis. I mean, and how, how do you think that affected you not only on a personal level, but on a professional level, because there's a separate between the two, if I'm not correct. Yeah, we always try to keep it, to keep it separate. Whenever I'm on television, you know, we have to be unbiased and, we have to keep our feelings out of it and, um, you know, just, just give the facts, just give the facts. And, you know, one of the hardest things that I don't think a lot of people realize is that when we, we, while we do give the facts, we're also human too. And we also have feelings about things and about stories that we tell. And let me tell you, the water crisis was just something that was just unbelievable. I mean, you have a city of less than a hundred thousand people and they're drinking tainted water. Um, you know, they're, been people who have uh, who passed away because of uh, Legionnaires disease, which some are saying was the result of that water. I know of a friend of mine, her mom passed away from Legionnaires disease. And so to watch the city and watch this community have to grapple with that, and they are still grappling with it right now. A lot of people think right. that it's over with. It's still not over with. You know, people no. still have to have filters on their tap and they still can't drink clean water in 2020 is just unimaginable that we're living in this day right now where people still don't have 100% clean water. And um, it is, it affects people. And it affected me too, having to see people who could not use their shower, could not um, make food. They had to pick up and see these lines and lines of people having to get bottled water. I mean, where on the planet do people have to go and, and line up just to get fresh water so they could brush their teeth, so they could wash their face, so they could make rice, make baby formula. And so that was one of the hard things to see that in 2000, that it's just what happened in an urban area like Flint. And let's be honest, if it were to happen in other communities, we wouldn't still be talking about this umpteen years later. And, um, so it, it was a hard thing to see, you know, we, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about something as basic as water, water, you know, essential to <laughs> you life. Know, let's be real. Essential, let's strip it down. essential to life, a human, basically one of the human rights, I believe just water that people yes. couldn't even get and could even get clean. And so it broke the trust of a lot of people in Flint, the trust when it comes down to government. And so just to watch that evolve, which is absolutely um, amazing and disheartening too, uh, that people here are going to their officials, crying out, holding up jugs of brown water and saying, look at what's happening here, do something. And so 
you know, I know, you know, my station, we did a lot of stories and a lot of investigating, which is what we do. You know, we're watchdog for the people. And, you know, it's sad people were brought up on charges and um, those have since been dropped as the investigation continues again in 2020. I believe we're on six years now. Yeah, I believe we're on six years now, maybe five or six years since this happened. But we're too long into this right now. And we're one we're one day over. It's one day too long. It shouldn't have been an issue, you know, so that's it's it should not have been a concern to people to worry about what comes out of their tap water to wonder you know, children wondering where are these rashes coming from and why are these rashes coming here? And for parents have to tell their children, don't use the faucet. You know, what does that do to them? Don't no, use the water use the fountain faucet. at school. Don't use the water fountain. Water fountains have been shut off, you know. So it, it, was, a, it was a very hard time. And it was a sad time, too. Because, again, had this been in an, an affluent area, it wouldn't have happened. You what know, do you mean by know, an influenced area? Like, let's get let's talk about an example. Like, 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 like an affluent area. Um, I know down in the Detroit area, there was a water main break, huge water main break in um, in uh, Oakland County. I believe it was Bloomfield or West Bloomfield. One of those. They got the water fixed in 24 hours. Got it fixed in, in you know in one day. Now let's let's get raw and talk about the demographics in West Bloomfield versus the demographics in Flint, Matt. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, Flint, you have um, mostly minorities and you have um, I just was reading this yesterday. The median or the household income, average household income, twenty six thousand dollars. I was just reading that yesterday and for the for the Flint area. Yeah. For the city of Flint. Um, It could be it could be more, could be less. And then you have West Bloomfield. Yeah. Then you have West Bloomfield that probably has, you know, mostly uh, white. uh, And, you know, I'm sure median income is probably six figures. (laughs) So it's a tale. It's really a tale of two cities there. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. There's no in between. There's no in between area, but the comparison that kind of stated. Absolutely not. But, you know, and the important thing to stress is that it wasn't just, you know, minorities. There were, um, you know, white people who also had Mm -hmm. to deal with it, who are still dealing with this Um, Asian people. I mean, there's just the, you know, it runs the gamut. Everybody in the city of Flint to this day is still dealing with the fallout of the water crisis, no matter the color. So six years, we call it. Let's dub it six years. And then it's 2000, it's 2020. Now we got COVID-19, Matt. Man, (laughs) COVID-19. Now we got (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. So now you have a city that's still dealing with the water crisis. And then on top of that, you are being hit with COVID-19. And COVID-19, I think, took each and every person by storm. I think we all did not know um, what to expect. And I don't think we all knew the fallout for something that we can't even see that we can't touch, that we can't taste, that we can't feel. It has impacted our world. It has impacted our economy. It has impacted our lives. And, you know, for me personally, it impacted me, you know, um, as things started to unfold and as we started to learn a little bit more about this disease, uh, you know, as one of the things that came out was the racial disparities, and how COVID was hitting African-American people at a higher rate than mm-hmm. our Caucasian counterparts. And mm-hmm. so 
yes, I'm on television telling you this, but behind on the other side of that lens, I'm also thinking, what about me? What about my health? What about my safety? And then on top of that, I'm thinking about my parents who are in their seventies. You know, my mom, my mom was working at uh, DMC uh, down in the Detroit area, even while this was happening. And in addition to going to work, I was also concerned about her because she was going right into the heart of the, the hot zone at that time. And we kept urging her, you know, please retire, please retire. You don't have to work, you know, please retire at 70 years old at 70 years old, because we were concerned about what happens if she's walking in from the parking structure and coming and coming into contact with this. You know, my dad was at home. He's retired. So he was at home. So we didn't worry too much about him. So we finally got her out of there and she retired i think the day before it really exploded when some of the, oh, wow. the, the largest cases the largest cases in the city started happening so but you know but still you know me being here um you know concerned about them you know the one of the hardest things that i'll never forget my dad told me he said to please be careful because he said you know i can't come up to help you if you get sick he said but you're my son and i will take that risk if i have to now this is my 72 this is my 72 year old father who's saying he will risk whatever it takes to take care of me if something were to happen to me or if i were to to contract covid so it was very stressful for for a lot of us um in television and for for myself personally and not knowing how it was going to play out. So, so, you know, so we have that on top of the water crisis and, and, you know, and just for human beings as a whole, you know, we were seeing people out of jobs, you know, we're seeing people dying and it just was amazing to me to see how much something we couldn't even see pretty much paralyzed us. Right. How much something that it's, you know, when you can't see things happening, it's, no. it's almost, it's almost hard to believe. Right. Absolutely. When it's not, when it's Absolutely. not, especially if it's not affecting you personally. Absolutely. It's so hard to understand and, and relate to it. And it's just this, I remember me, I mean, for me personally, like when it first is, we got shut down on March 13th. Oh, yeah, I, I, remember like that I, was in a, I felt like I was in a twilight. Mm hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this thing that you can't see, it's so hard to understand. And I don't want to say get behind, but you're just kind of scratching your head and you're going, what? Right. But I use the best word is like paralyzed. Yeah. Numb. Like, I don't know what to think. I don't know, you know, how to move. How do I act? What? Right. 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 What can I touch? Can I go outside? Can I even speak to you? Should I be in their presence? Can I speak to you? Can I hug you? Can I shake your hand? You know, it'll probably be a long time before people start shaking hands again. I can't go to the grocery store. And when I did go to the grocery store, there was nothing there. Mm. Uh, I don't know. People found comfort in toilet paper, but <laughs> you know, there was, <laughs> there, there, there was nothing there. So this, Bear. so this COVID, yeah. So this COVID to watch it play out, you know, we ended up emptying out the newsroom and, and changing schedules around. And, you know, there would be weeks that I wouldn't see coworkers um, because I still had to go in, 
you know, I couldn't, yeah. I, I didn't have the option of working from home. I still had to go in because it's what we do. You know, we were deemed essential. <laughs> you know, someone's got to be there telling you guys the numbers. Someone's got to be there to present the latest study or the search for a cure or, or whatnot. But it was just, it was unbelievable how it impacted so many people. I had friends who were waiting for weeks on unemployment, running out of money uh, because they didn't have, uh, because they were laid off. I had friends who owned businesses who were just looking at itching for, you know, whatever day they could to open back up. And then yeah. I also, too, looked into the eyes of people who had this disease, who were recovering. I know, I know one, one person personally who had it and who's recovered, who's recovered from it. And then I did stories with people who were recovering from it as well. So I talked to them about, you know, their symptoms and talking to them about um, how they felt having it. And then I did a story and um, I think we all know, we've all heard this story. I did a story about a grand blank woman who lost her husband of 35 years and her only son oh. to COVID wiped out. Man. And I'll never forget one of the lines that I wrote that said, um, she was left with no hugs, only her tears all by herself because we couldn't hug anybody. So, That's so imagine, deep. That's so um, deep. Imagine burying two of your loved ones and you have no one there to comfort you left alone with your tears. I can't, I can't, man. I can't. I know it was, it was hard. It's one it of those things, hard. you know, when you, when you can't see it and it, it hasn't hit you, you how do you relate? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we were kind of talking, we were talking, you know, a little earlier off, off script. And I just said, you know what? I can't say I understand. Right. Because right. I don't. Right. You don't. But I think the thing of, if, the thing of it is, is by having conversation, you can at least have a glimpse into someone else's shoes uh, because during that time, you know, there are a lot of people that were very upset, very upset by the fact that we couldn't open, we couldn't go to restaurants. Where's my unemployment? And I talked to those people and I learned that many of them, actually a lot of them did not know someone who contracted COVID or they were not an African-American like myself. So therefore they didn't have the worry about catching the disease. They were worried about, losing their home. And, and I get it, you know, I get it mm -hmm. that you, yes, to me, this is a disease. And I'm like, I don't want to be outside, you know, wrap me up in a bubble. I don't want to go anywhere, but to, right. but to someone else, I don't know anyone that's had it. I'm healthy. Why can't I work? I get that. To let me else, out. Let me out. Yeah. Let me out. I'm fine to someone else. I don't know anyone that's had it. You know, I haven't had it. Let me let me go to work. So I, so I, I get it from both sides. Well, so, I can say too, uh, from a personal experience, which I don't, I mean, the people that are close to me know, but, um, um, I, I had it, you mm -hmm. know, I've had it. I contracted it from somebody that was deemed positive. Now, did I go mm -hmm. get tested? No, because mm -hmm. this person was my doctor. It was my primary care. And he was like, there's no point in getting tested. You have the same symptoms I did. Just assume, right. Yeah. And you're, you know, if it gets to this level, go to the hospital. He's like, but there's yeah. no, what is it going to prove to you if we test you? He goes, just stay at home. Right. And then watching other people, you know, get it. Clients of mine 
you know, get uh-huh. it to different severities and stuff like that. But no, what I'm, what I mean is coming back to your conversation, it got to a point where, man, I was locked down, no contact with anybody. Cause prior to that, I was yep. still seeing people, uh-huh. you know, because I didn't, I would necessarily, I was naive or, or ignorant and I wasn't worried about it. Right. I didn't have to worry mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because my chances right. of survival are higher as a white person, right? Right off rip. Okay. Absolutely. So, and I was, you know, I, I could see myself in that category going, okay. As I'm standing in front of my slider door, let me out. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, me like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, what's going on? I'm good. I, I'm good. The, the chances of survival, if you look at the numbers, they're, they're 1%. Or sorry, 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 chances of dying. No, no, no. So that not dying yes. or 1%. <laughs> yeah, or 1%. Let me bet. But, you know, yeah. that's for me. Right. So, right. whereas I was you know, looking I can, at numbers of over 50% of cases were people who looked like me. Yes. And so, yeah. this is the conversation, right? So, it's like, man, I, I'll admit, I was like, man, open it up. Let's go. Like, put me back to work. I, it's, it's hard for me to, to sit here. Right. Right. You know, where I'm on the go. I was I'm on the where, go. where I was like, let's keep it closed. And, you know, I'm going to wipe down my door handles. I'm going to wipe down all my boxes. And I don't want to go outside yes. unless I have to. I'm going to, you know, I've been doing, you know, pick up for my groceries because I'm afraid to go into the store. <laughs> you know, yep. you're worried about your so, mom. Mom, so I'm worried about my parents. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I'm worried about my dad who said he will risk it just to come and save me, you know, and take care of me if something were to happen. You know, so all those things was were very stressful. It was it was very stressful. And then to get on television and perform every night, it was not easy. It was not the easy. Pressure, you know, the pressure, the, the pressure to perform, right? The pressure, the pressure to, to perform. perform. And it got me to a place where, you know, as soon as we were done with the news, I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to hear the national news. You know, I didn't want to see, you know, any of the network news. They had all those banners with the numbers and with the, you know, this just in and all that other stuff. It started to play with your with your mind. And so, you know, I got informed when I needed to get informed. And then I moved on from there. And And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that in the sense of I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. No, go ahead. Um, because you know, with it's, you know, strength within, we talk about the, the, the mentality and the mindset. And I really want to start digging into that as we're kind of just getting there, you know, with mm-hmm. this, it's, this is messing with you now. And so mm-hmm. we're locked down, we're locked down for weeks. I mean, it's been what 90 days at this point. Yep. 10 weeks. You're still weeks. going to work. <laughs> yeah. You're still going to work. You're still having mm-hmm. to. Deal with the pressure to perform and talk about mm-hmm. these cases and these numbers yep. and this mm-hmm. and 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 mm-hmm. I mean we're when you go home, yes, you're like, I don't want to watch the news. And for my people, <laughs> come on, imagine. And I'm not saying this in a bad way, but my our local broadcaster, the TV anchor, he doesn't want to watch the news, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the effect that it's having on his mindset. Absolutely. So yeah. if we could just I dive to protect in, I mean, myself. Where, yeah, where were you mentally? Where have you been mentally? I mean, through this whole process. Much better now. Uh, if you had talked to me eight, seven, eight, eight weeks ago, probably not that great. Um, and it was very stressful because you just didn't know. And, you know, I was reading these stories and I was absorbing it. And every cough, every um, sneeze, 
you know, one person said they thought it was allergies. Well, I have seasonal allergies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. every time I blew my nose, I'm like, you know, is this it? Is this it? Is COVID. this it? That's a COVID yeah. sneeze. <laughs> Automatically, it's a, it's a COVID <laughs> sneeze. And, um, you know, then I, then my sister said she wanted to do a family devotional. And so every morning at 930, we get on the Zoom call and, you know, we pray. And uh, that is what we do every morning. We've been doing it for the last 10 weeks or so is that we we pray. And um, that is what helped me. That is what helped to uh, center me and to ground me as the weeks went on. And um, and so I was able to stand in that as I would go to work and things were, things would start to start to bother me less and less. And, um, you know, I took in the information, I gave the information back, but I did not internalize it. And that's what worked for me. And I also journaled too. I journaled and I found other things to do during this time period. And so, um, that is what helped to keep me from, you know, going off the rail, going off the rails. Cause it was hard. You know, yeah. it was hard to, to hear these stories and it was hard to, to talk about it all the time, but it's what we do. And that's what sure. we're here for. And I had to tell, and I had to tell myself, I had, a, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, um, and she, she's in communications and she said, you know what? She was like, just think of it like this. She's like, without you, she was like, many more people could have died or could have contracted this. Because you're Amen. up there every Amen. night giving the news and you're telling them and you're providing with information. So once, I, so once she told me that, I'm like, okay, I am helping to provide a public service every night. And so the fact that I'm able to help save a life or keep someone from getting contracted or, or whatnot, that is what, that's what helped too. So it was, it was truly a combination of things to help me yeah. uh, during this time. It's a tough time. That's awesome, man. And say so that was your why, right? You just kind of, sometimes you got to get brought back to it. To why? Absolutely. Yeah, she brought me yeah. back to why. So as we're going through this timeline, because in my head now I'm seeing this timeline, mm-hmm. you know, in such a short period. I mean, even just looking at, we talked about the, wa- the water crisis. I mean, being six years yep. ago, man, does it not feel like it's been 10? It feels like it's been it come 10, on at least years ago. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it does. You know, ten, it does. six years feels like 10. And then we're uh-huh. COVID. Bam. Yep. And I love to use on the podcast. I always say, it sat me down real quick. Yep. <laughs> like a lot of things are like, just sit you down. Yeah. Bam. Grab you by the shoulders and just sit you down. Yeah. But I will say this, though. I do want to say this. Even in the midst of all of that that was happening with COVID, there were a lot of silver linings in that too. Okay. Um, you know, I have been closer to my family now than I have been ever before. And my sisters are on the West coast. And so COVID really brought us together. COVID helped me to, um, have, have even more empathy for people. And it helped me to, it, it, it helped to soften my heart even more towards others. And it also helped me too to, it also helped me too to open my ears up to listen, to hear what other people are saying. Because like, you know, while I'm in the mindset of shut everything down, someone else is not in that same mindset. And I wanted to know why, 
I had conversations with people about why do you feel like this? And once they told me why, I was like, okay, you know what? I get it from their perspective. I understand why they're okay to go out while I'm like, no, that's okay. I'm good. And I think that's the thing that, that, that was needed when everyone was going back and forth, you know, like, you know taking politics out of it was the mm-hmm. why, why do you, why do you feel this is not, you know, there are some people that don't feel that feel that it's not real. And I wanted to know why. And, you know, and I respect them. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to change people and make them think the way that I think, but I wanted a different point of view. Yes. Now, whether or not I accept the point of view everything. or not. Exactly. exactly. Right. Everybody has something to say. Um, and, and I've, I've just said before on, on previous podcasts, like we're always caught looking through our lens. Right. And we just either want affirmation to affirm what we believe is right. Which is that really even right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so once we can strip that down, and I feel like that's what you're saying. And I love it. It's like, once you just play, Hey, I'm going to listen to you yep. and I'm going to gather the information and okay. Yeah. I learned a couple of things and some things I threw out sweet. But the fact mm-hmm. that it could be an unbiased, open conversation. Yes. And that, and that's what brings us here. You know what I mean? That's why I feel like you and I are talking like, it's just, yeah. we can, we can talk about any issue we need to talk about and just listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'm here to listen. I want to listen. I'm, you know, everything <laughs> you've been saying to me is something that maybe I didn't hear or never thought about. Right. right. You know what I mean? And like you said, and that's being, what it means to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, you know, just being, you know, an African-American male and you're, risk of contracting this disease and the survival rate is so much higher. And so now your mindset just shifted and the way that you move about your daily routine has completely changed. Whereas, you know, for me, it's like, oh man, yes, yes. I see. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so, but yeah, go ahead. I would say, but you want to go out and run 10 miles. Whereas I'm like, nah, I'm going to stay in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody ask yeah, me this. God. She said, she said, what are you running from? <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and I go, <laughs> I was like, that was a good point. Hold on. I sat down. <laughs> I had to sit down for a second. What am I running from? And then somebody, so, asked, somebody else. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, somebody else said, well, what are you running towards? I was like, ah, okay. (laughs) But, you know, but even as we, but even as we started dealing with, with COVID, then as I finally got to a place where, you know, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good. Then bam, you know, um, we had, uh, Amy Cooper happen in New York. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. We take that back. We had um, um, Ahmad Aubrey happen. Yes. Yes. uh, We had him happen. Then we had Amy Cooper that happened in New York. And then we had George Floyd. And so it was just like, okay, we switched from COVID to now tackling issues of social injustice and, and racism. Racism. Yes. So it was just like, it was like, bam, 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 bam. So now, I mean, almost like you just finally got wits about yourself emotionally yep. and mentally and, and trying to cope with the changes in, in, in everyday life and the fear of not only just your, your life, but the fear of your family, which a lot of us can relate to in that sense and, and this and that, mm-hmm. and then it's boom, 
Now, not only did I just have to fear going outside because of something I cannot see, now you're telling me I have to fear something that I can see and I'm supposed to trust. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's yeah, talk about absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, you know, I spent, I spent, let me just say last week was heavy. It was absolutely heavy. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this one. You know, Ahmaud Aubrey was just jogging, something you do on a daily basis, mm-hmm. or however often you, you jog. And, um, you know, accused of, of, of doing something. He fit the description that they thought. And... You know, he was, you know, was killed. And then you had that the gentleman, his, whose also name, his name was also Cooper. His last name was Cooper, you know, asked someone to put their dog on the leash. And, you know, she called 911 using his race um, as a form of, of, um, you know, she was very, she felt threatened. She said she felt threatened by her race. And then as a weapon, using the race, as a using the race as a weapon, as a weapon, weaponizing as a weapon. the race. Let's let's call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. weaponizing, weaponizing <clears throat> the race. And then you had George Floyd. Three very different, um, three three very difficult stories to talk about and to watch uh, for me because um, I looked like um, I looked like two of the the gentlemen in the video, and I look like the man behind the video camera in another case. But then, you know, as things started to uh, explode and, um, you know, then there were the protests and then, you know, there became the, the conversations that were, that were having. And then there was the rioting and the looting. And it just, it was just, it was a lot. It was a whole lot. Uh, because you're trying to wrap your mind around all of these things. And then being someone who is reporting about it, looking into the monitor and seeing a George Floyd who looks like me. Mm. You know, and, you know, and, and I, you know, I've had my, I've had my share of encounters. I've had my, you know, share of, of, Things, you know, racist uh, things done toward me. And so it, it, so it was just hard. I guess I could, that's the, the best way I can put that week. Last week, it was hard. Um, yeah, again, like I said, I, I just, I, I'm always trying to keep myself uh, from, because it's just a, such a common, like, uh, uh, response, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. No, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't, I okay. don't. People, I, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. And that's okay. Um, someone asked me, you know, how did I feel watching that video, the Central Park video in which she was yelling, you know, there's an African American man and, and she yelled it to the top of her her lungs. And honestly, Eric made me feel dirty. It made me feel dirty that she were using skin color 
as as code to hurry up and come help me. Hurry up and neutralize this threat. Mm. Um, and um, it was it was tough. It was it was it was really tough um, because you know. And, and, and let me be clear, I don't think that there are, I think that there are more good people than there are Amy Coopers or, you know, the officers that in, in Minneapolis. There are, there are more good people than those people. Okay. But yeah. it does make you question, it, it makes you question a lot of things. And my biggest thing was why, why did she automatically use his race as a form of come help me right now. I mean, we all know why, but you know, it just, it just it makes sure. you ask those questions. Well, I've been asking my, you know, people around me and myself questions and, and it's in simple things like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two white people are having a conversation now. Mm-hmm. And the one person has a coworker, and let's just say she's an African-American lady. She's a woman. Uh-huh. Okay. Please tell uh-huh. me why nine out of 10 times that white person is going to describe her as a black lady. But when you flip that and when you say, okay, that, that coworker that this person is telling this other person about is a white lady. She's just a lady. Right. Right. It's this right. issue. It's this, this, it's an issue of that's a thing. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's I a, realize that I hear it. Yes. I see it all the time. And I mm-hmm. will openly admit that I've done that plenty of times in my life. Let's be real. Okay. Mm-hmm. And very subconsciously, but I will mm-hmm. say the past, you know, five, six years of my life is, that doesn't feel right. Right. To describe right. another human being by the color of their skin. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. oh, my friend, oh, this it's black guy. Why is it mad? You don't say yeah. this Asian guy. You don't say yeah. this Afghanistan. You know what I'm saying? You don't say this Yemen gentleman yeah. over here. Yeah. It breaks my heart. And yeah. like you said, like being weaponized is, is the word to use the, in that case. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then, and then George Floyd happened and, you know, watching this video of, of an officer with his knee and his neck for almost nine minutes was just like it was the most heart-wrenching thing to see and i'm very close to my mom and the part that gets me every time i see that video is him yelling out for his mother mm-hmm. he didn't know you know he he called you know he told him i can't breathe i can't breathe you know pleaded and, and called for his mother and you know i you know most most guys are very close to their moms and, and so just to hear that was just was just hard it was absolutely hard to hear um, but I think it eventually opened up some wounds for a lot of people. And I think that is where, that is the result of these protests. And, um, 
you know, because there was a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hurt in this world right now. And I think we all need to recognize that, that, you know, everything that's happening now is the result of hurt and fear. Yes. I can agree with that. You know, fear, fear and anger are very closely related. uh And fear drives a lot of things. Absolutely. But I'm hopeful. And I think that having conversations like this and, you know, being uh, uncomfortable, will help to break down those walls. And um, I believe that I believe that we are on a path to to change. I believe we're on a path to something happening. I definitely think that everybody, no matter how you feel, definitely needs to make their voices heard at the ballot box, no matter how you feel on any issue. Um, but I think that's, you know, where we are right now in, in this world, you know, Things that are happening now, we didn't start. We didn't even continue, but we have to deal with it right now. Yes, hundred percent. And I think, and I think, and I think that a lot of why we're seeing what we're, why we're seeing things play out on the media is because of COVID. Like I mentioned to you, you know, uh, there was a pastor John Gray had mentioned this. You know, we were all forced to be stuck in the house during COVID. You know, we're under state of emergency. People are home. People can't go to work. So now they're paying more attention to what's happening in the news and people have seen it. People are on social media. And so I think that is what sparked such widespread protests and such widespread outrage um, because people were home during COVID. So like the focus of attention changed. Absolutely. The focus was the focus was placed on COVID or not COVID. I'm sorry. The focus was placed on racism and, and injustice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I will say this, you know, we've, because we've seen these clips before, maybe not to this extent, but we've seen these clips before, you know, this isn't something that we haven't been Trayvon Martin, Trayvon Trayvon Martin, Martin. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, Tamir Rice, um, you know, Philando Castillo in Minneapolis when that happened. You know, mm-hmm. so we've been down this road before, you know, in Ferguson, where they where they were protesting and rioting and whatnot, you know, and that was just a few years ago, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that was, I yeah, think that, that was, yeah, that was a few years ago. That's within the last five years mm-hmm. or so. So, wow. uh, you know, so this is a, this has happened before. I just think that now, because we were all in the house, <laughs> our attention was now everybody's seen it happen. Right. Everyone's seen it happen. And I mean, and I don't think that there's any person walking this earth that does not feel something when you see a man lose his life on videotape. hundred percent. hundred percent. If you don't feel it, yeah. if you don't feel anything, you might want to go and get that heart checked. <laughs> so that's, I'm so glad you just said <laughs> that because I was literally like, you took almost the words out of my mouth. I was having this conversation with art uh, um, from the club just the other day. And we both agreed and you know, kind of maybe want to hear your insight. I said, you know, it can be uh, a race issue, a black issue, a white issue, um, a cop issue, uh, a poly- uh, political issue, excuse me, this and that. But let's strip it down and say this is a heart issue. Mm-hmm. This is a character issue. Mm-hmm. This is a human rights issue. Yes. You know, this is a, this is a human rights issue and hundred uh, percent. And this isn't uh 
you know, this is an everybody versus racism and social injustice issue. And, um, and, you know, and I talk to people too, on all sides, I've talked to police officers. I talked to wives of police officers. I've talked to, um, you know, other black men, um, such as myself, I've talked to, you know, my father and, you know, and so I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the last week that run, run, run in the gamut of, of all of this. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've asked the question, you know, I straight up asked the question, why does the color of my skin make people fear me? You know, I've what's, had, really what's the answer? Tough, I mean, um, if you care to share some of the I answers did, you're here and I want to, I want to understand, I, you know, I didn't really get a straight answer. Honestly, I did. I didn't get a straight answer from this person. So, um, you know, but I think we, you know, and, and I, and I probably will continue to ask that question, you know, to people yes. in, my, in, in my private circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we have to ask those questions, you know, and, um, you know, because, because at the end of the day, you know, once the camera goes off, I am still a black man and the same fears and the same concerns that we hear other black men have, I have too. You know, I have been called the N word more times than, than I can count. Um, you know, I have been, uh, approached about where did I get those sunglasses from in, in a, a store and accused of something that I didn't do. Um, I have been questioned about, you know, the type of vehicle that I'm, I'm driving and why I have that vehicle. I've been questioned about why I was driving in the township that I, I, I live in, you know, and, you know, so all those things have happened to me within the last 16 years. Now I just celebrated mm-hmm. my anniversary of my station 16, you know, uh, last week for 16 years. Yeah. So it has Congrats happened even now. Thank you. It has happened even now while I am here, while I've been here. Um, but, um, so I, so I, I, so I, I, I understand the same, I, I feel, you know, I feel the, um, the effects of it as well too. Um, I do, you know, I do realize that, you know, yeah, you know, I know a lot of pretty influential people too. So, you know, it may not put me in the exact same category, but at the end of the day, I still am a black male. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, um, but, but I will say this, I don't believe, and let me be very clear. I don't believe that it is, um, that it's all people. I don't believe that it's, um, you know, all police officers are bad. You know, none of that. I don't believe that. Um, um, I believe that there are a few bad apples in every group and every Mm -hmm. sector. Um, but I do believe that the, uh, human race will prevail and that we will get on the other side of this and that, um, it's just going to take a little time. It's going to take a little conversation, a little honesty, transparency and transparency too. And I also think that, you know, you know, some of the, um, systemic issues, you know, we have to, 
we have to break that down. And I think, again, that all starts with people voting and not voting at just in November, but voting at the local level too. you know, know who your commissioners are, know who your supervisors are, because they are the ones that make these laws and they're the ones that um, have the power to uh, to enforce them. So, you know, and that's where a lot of things start. They start at the local level. So you got to know who you're putting into office, too. Don't um, just wait till November. So I think it definitely starts with um, with voting. Yes, drop them gems, Matt. Come on. Yeah, because, um, you know, that's where the real change uh, begins. And, um, you know, it's 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 hard, you know, it's it's hard to see to see that. But, you know. Um, as I was just running down the events and things that have happened to me since I've, I've been here, I will say that there are a ton more good people than the bad ones that I have encountered. I love to hear that. That's great, man. Oh, absolutely. Your outlook, there are, your there outlook, are many. Your outlook on it is is fantastic. I respect that for sure. Yeah. So but, you, you know, always and then, yours. And, I was going to say, I wanted to bring this up too. You know, um, we talk about conversations. And so I was having a conversation um, with, um, with this, the wife of this officer and, and, you know, she was, you know, she's, she's upset because she, um, you know, she felt like, um, you know, people were being extra hard on police. And, you know, she was just telling me about some of the fears that she has when her husband goes off to work. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, she was concerned, you know, you know, she has to worry about whether or not he's going to come home or if someone's going to do something to him and whatnot. And I mentioned, you know, those are the same fears that my mom has had for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, 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 you know, um, so, you know, I think, I think she got it like, wow, you know what? There's a connection. There are, right more there. Simi- there are more, there are more similarities than there are differences. You know, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, here's a shocker to you, Eric. Not everybody likes the media <laughs> and not everybody. <laughs> it's a shock. Not everybody likes the media. And some people, you know, most people don't realize that there's a difference between local media and national media. We're all lumped right. as one. And so I'm jumping up like, hey, we're the local people. I'm not, you know, I don't have an agenda to push. I'm not sitting there thinking, okay, I got to push my my agenda, you know, to stand out amongst the pack. And so I think that's what um, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a lot of people right now jump up and down to say, hey, you know, we're the good ones. You know, we're the ones that are protesting peacefully. We're the police officers who wouldn't stand for this kind of stuff. So you're seeing it from from both sides. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to know, do you see me? Yes. Everybody wants to be seen and they want to be heard. And, and I hear you. Man. Um, I hear you. I see you. I, I see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. We'll it's get just through. like, uh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, I had a. Uh, I'm always thinking to, you know, about mindset, talk about mindset, mindset, mindset. And I just, you know, feel like it doesn't matter what race, what ethnicity, it it, it Uh starts with us as, as a person, as individual, you know, Uh at home, you know, what the way we think 
that's where it starts to me, in my opinion. Right. And so I mm-hmm. had found uh, 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 this scripture and it was saying, you know, we do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that just jumped out to me today. Mm-hmm. You know, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what does that mean? Conform is outside in. Transformed is inside out. Out. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it right there. And I just uh, everybody take a second and just think about that. Let that simmer. Let that marinate because... Yes, we all want big change, right? We all do. It doesn't matter race and ethnicity. The good and the people, we want change. And we want this mm-hmm. big change and we want big change right now. Right, right. now. <laughs> right? But it's the little things yep. that we have to do within ourselves that evoke that change, right? It's the ripple effect. You throw that little pebble in the pond. It's the ripple effect. Like we got to start with ourselves, I feel. And a lot and of people us, ask me, well, what is it can I do? And I always tell people, you know, the, only, the best thing you can do is have these conversations, but also learn to read, um, you know, just show, show some curiosity as to what has happened to, um, to uh, minorities in the past. You know, um, um, try to get a little sense. You know, there are many books out there, many stories, you know, and mm-hmm. and I always say educate yourself, educate yourself. That is the big thing. You know, we all sit there in front of the television. And what do we do? We have our phones in our hand, you know, maybe read an, an, an opt ed by someone who does not look like you. Maybe read a, an, an article to, um, about uh uh, someone who may not look like you, or maybe not, maybe doesn't even believe the same things you believe, uh, because that's the, that's our greatest weapon to, to have change is to be educated. I respect the hell out of that, man. Yeah. You have any books, anything yeah. you recommend? Uh, my favorite book that I have been recommending to everyone is the sun does shine by Anthony Ray Hinton. He um, was on death row for 30 years for a crime he did not commit, but he kept the faith that he was going to get out and he is out. And that is one of my, that is my number one favorite book. Say that one more time. time. The sun does shine. Author. Anthony Ray Hinton. How do you spell that last name, Matt? H I N T O N. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm going to check it out. Yep. If we yeah, weren't on, if we weren't on, if we weren't on this call right now, you know, I'd get on Amazon like you just did and order <laughs> and order that book right now. So I was talking to Matt before this. We're just kind of, you know, just having a little chit chat, and I said, "Man, you you need to check this book out." So our relationship is we're always in this positive mindset, and how how can we become mm-hmm. better people? Right, that's kind of what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now. In, in, in a sense, Absolutely. how can we become better people? How can we become better versions of ourselves? So him and I, he'd always catch me at the club. Hey, you read this book? I'm like, no, yeah. but did you read this book? Hey, you need to read this book. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I was telling him, I said, man, you need to read Awareness by Anthony DeMello. And he's on the phone. He goes, oh, okay, click, put in the cart. Okay, order should be here in three days. Okay, done. Yep. I'm like, what? Yep. <laughs> yep, it'll be here Thursday. What? Why wait? So <laughs> information, information, information. I love that you said that. And, and 
I hope people understand that and they learn yeah. something. I mean, I've learned. I mean, I feel like we barely even scratched the surface, but just having this conversation is just so enlightening to me. And, so, and I'm learning and I'm learning. I'm always learning. And the fact that if you're not out there to learn and you're shutting off from the world, I think that's a problem. Because mm-hmm. we should always mm-hmm. be constantly learning. We need to understand that we don't understand. We mm-hmm. need to know that we don't know. A hundred percent. Hey, you know, and I might want to add too that even if you do have a conversation, because I've had plenty of conversations with people and I don't agree with them, that is fine. But at least mm-hmm. I gave them the opportunity to, to speak their piece. I got the opportunity to think and to, and to understand their side and where they're coming from. I may not agree with it, but you know what? I respect you. For your side, I respect you for the answers to my question. I may not agree. I might think, okay, that's kind of flimsy, but you know what? I at least respect the fact that you have a foundation on which you base your values on. And I hope, I hope we all can think like that, Matt. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and just open yeah. ear and open eyes and, and just paying attention and just realizing that we don't have to agree with everybody it doesn't make us a bad person it doesn't i don't have to befriend you or or have to fight you because i don't agree with something you've said or you believe Mm -hmm. but i will respect you yes i respect you my man and thank you for for having this conversation eric and i hope it will touch someone yeah i hope it'll touch someone and i hope that it will make people think, um, and I hope that it will open their eyes to um, to the reality in which we're all living in right now. And there are more good people in the world than there are bad. I believe that wholeheartedly. Hey, my people, man, you guys heard it first. Matt, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and your time. Uh, um, and, and I hope to have more conversation. We will have more conversations again, whether or not it's on on the podcast or not. I mean, you're, you're a great person. You got a great heart, fantastic Thank mentality, you. man. I love you to death. Thanks, Eric. Thank yeah, you. No Eric. Problem, I appreciate Matt, that. Man. No, stay up and stay up, stay positive and, and keep doing what you're doing. Cause you're doing great things and, and I'm watching and I'm listening. Alrighty. Thank you for having me. All right. No problem, man. Love you guys. Time to reach out, reach out, time to reach out, reach out, touch everybody, reach out, reach out, it's time to reach out, reach out, someone need help.